city to city, state to state, worldwide. You listen to the In The Zone Network, baby. This is it. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. You're listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views, all right here on In the Zone Network. Postgame show is brought to you by. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Good morning, everyone. Getting up uncommonly early here on a Sunday. Good friend of mine joins the show today. You know him. You love him. Palmer Alexander joins me this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, its importance to the city, and it's on its way back finally. So without further delay, Palmer, good morning, and thank you. I'm glad you let me wake you up early on a Sunday morning. You got some (laughs) coffee going, and here we are. Good, good morning, Ron, man. Listen, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm finally uh, on the show. I mean, I was going to be up anyway because I'm, I'm always working on In The Zone and whatnot. And, like, we've been missing each other, and this has just been so long overdue. And, I, and like I say, it's an honor to be on your show, though. No, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. And, and also, you know, going back, I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to put something out on the network. I know we've been trying to do that for the better part of a year, but it's, it's finally happened. And what I love about this one is, uh, most, for the most part, it's just me. So it's kind of on my own schedule. I can put a little bit in here, there, whatever. And what I found was as I sit at home and just think about things anyway, this is really easy for me to just come out in the studio and boom, hit record. I guess when I don't have to reboot everything, just to hit record and <laughs> capture some thoughts and, and put it out. But I wanted to get uh, you on here for, for several reasons. But one of them is uh, we all know how important sports are to the city of St. Louis. And I don't know if there's any, I'm, I'm sure there are. I don't know how many people are left that still think that sports don't matter uh, to the city. I think they're out of their mind. Um, and, you know, baseball has always been the focus when baseball is going. Um, and, of course, I know we have the Blues that will pick it back up here on the ice, too. Um, but baseball will take front and center here soon. But I just want to get your thoughts on, on with its absence, and, and now it, it's on its way back. Are we starting to feel that around the town? Uh, you, well, you, you've, this, uh, we've only had one interruption in the sport, and going back to 94-95 right yeah it's hard it's hard to compare the two right now but without baseball being there how we're we're nearing july we haven't had baseball in st louis yet what has that been like so you're right there oh you know something um i made a pose i'm so glad you opened with that i made a pose i think it was last week when it was father's day and i realized sunday afternoon i'm not watching the cards i always watch the Cardinals on Father's Day, you know, and that is man, it just seems so weird, so out of place. And I mean, that's when it really hit me. That's when it really hit me about how much I really miss baseball. 
you know, and how much I love baseball, you know, and, um, man, it's, it's, it's sad, you know, it, it is Ronnie. you know, I, I, I go past uh, the ballpark almost every day, you know, and, and, you know, looking, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the red seat, but, you know, just trying to vision people, you know, and, and, and the, the smell of popcorn and, and beer and all the other kind of stuff. It's, it's disheartening, man. It is, you know, but, uh, the, the idea of it coming back, um, it's, it's not a lot of people really kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, excited. I mean, I guess they kind of slowly show some, uh, some excitement about it. They just, I guess, they're afraid of it being shut down, you know, and that's the thing. And I think with all of the back and forth, you know, with the, with the scheduling and, you know, what the schedule is going to be, or whatnot, because, uh, you know, you know, one year, uh, maybe 114 games, and it goes to 80-some-odd games, 79, I think they set on 60 games. And mm-hmm. and I didn't want to see another season in my lifetime without any baseball. I mean, that like that 94, man, that was I, – I, it definitely turned me off baseball. I'm not going to even lie, it did. Yeah, it did. yeah, you know, in, in looking at 94, 95, and I can compare this to the same way I felt about hockey when they went on strike, their last work stoppage. You know, I was, um, if you think about it, I was more of a kind of a casual fan. I'll admit it. I, I was a very fair weather fan of the Blues for years. Um, I, I was actually more of a fan of their affiliate when they were in Peoria because I lived right there next to uh, where the Rivermen play. And, um, yeah. I, and and they were a Blues affiliate, so naturally I kind of gravitated. To my, my NHL interest lied in the St. Louis Blues, obviously. Um, but when they went on strike, that last work stoppage, it was really, really slow for me to come back because I wasn't as dedicated as I am on baseball. Now, I my fear, uh, Palmer, is that many of the casual fans that kind of watch baseball, they'll take an interest, but maybe they're really only interested in the playoffs. That they That's when they really tune in, but in the regular season, they don't. My, my yeah. worry has always been that that casual fan, or, or not novice fan, that's not the right word, but the casual fan um, doesn't come back after this one. If, if they weren't to get back and play, or if they got tired of just all the ugliness back and forth out there on social media between owners and players, that we're going to lose a fair amount of those. And any lessening of interest in the sport is a huge concern for me. Yeah, and, and, and here's the other thing, too, is like the the – there's not a lot of black uh, baseball players too. And that's the other thing is that uh, there are a lot of blacks that, that still love baseball, but it is, you don't have enough players, you know, you know, being represented. And I hear that with yeah. a lot of, of Cardinal fans generate, I mean, generations of Cardinal fans, you know, I'm 45. So uh, I, my, my dad and, and, and my great, uh, Uncles, you know, they talk about Gibson and, and Lou Brock and stuff like that. So then I came up watching Ozzy and Willie and then seeing Ray Langford and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you had generations, you know, that that, that grew up watching Cardinal baseball. And, and now uh, just in totality, you don't see that that, that many, uh, you know, black players in baseball. So that's another thing, too. You don't want to you don't want to lose any more fans in general, you know, but but collectively. Uh, like you just alluded to, I think this could really be it for baseball. You know, uh, I, I was just thinking about the uh, the Sammy Sosa and um, you know McGuire. Yeah, 
for, you know, they're 30 for 30. And I watched that. I got caught up on that. I mn e a n to just, just run on, Ronnie, but I just, that, that thought just jumped in my head, man. And I remember how, how we were so excited.、Mm-hmm. You know, it felt good. And I, lo- I was loving the game, but I, I'm, not in that, I'm not in that place anymore, but I want to get back there. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. And, and you mentioned it, just the,、um, uh, just the African Americans in baseball, it, the percentage is small. And, you know, when you said that, it made me think of the 80s. You know, I, I grew up in the 80s too, Palmer. I think we, we probably were watching them at the exact same time. Willie, Ozzie, Terry Pendleton,、uh, Jack Clark, Tommy Herr. You know, Daryl Porter, all you just the list goes, you can go up and down. And、uh, what an exciting team that was. And you look at really since、uh, the mid 90s and it,、uh, to today. And I don't know what you think that the, that the core reason is like we don't have more black athletes in baseball. And, and I don't know, I, without knowing a whole lot about this, Palmer, my guess is going to be it's just access to the sport at the younger age and younger levels isn't what. It is for some of the other sports like basketball. And, and I just go back and I look at it and I go, is it access to the sport at a younger age? Is it,、um, is it just is it leagues? Is it just, I, I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, it sounds like there's an access problem at the younger ages. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it's, a, it's a combination of, of, of all those things. And I, I'm going to circle back to、uh, what you're talking about in, in the 80s. And that was the other thing <clears throat> as far as black ballplayers and、uh, what. Also, made me fall in love with you know, seeing other black players like you o k n when w the Carters would play the Pirates. You know,、mm-hmm. they have you know,、uh, Bill Madlock and, and Johnny Ray, and when Dave Parker was, was playing with them, you know, just watching those guys and like I could relate to those guys. You know what I'm saying?、Uh, watching Gary Templeton, you know, I could relate to that guy. You know, the legend of Gary Templeton, my, my relatives tell me about him and why he wasn't. Uh, here and Eddie Murray and Eric Davis, and just all of those great. I, I remember watching Eric Davis make a diving、uh, catch on Terry Pelton. It was basically, basically loaded. And I was actually cheering Eric Davis just, just because he was such、oh, yeah. a great player, you、yeah. know, and, and just he had such a, he was, you know, so cool. Dare Strawberry. I hated him, but I liked him,、yeah. you know,、uh, Kevin Mitchell. So those guys had such an influence. And going back to what you just last said, as far as the access, if you look around St. Louis now, right, and you notice they put like the Cardinal, they have like those Cardinal baseball fields now.、Um, they have them in like、uh, in the inner city. And they're beautiful, and I'm glad they put them there. The thing is, and it's just hindsight 2020, it's not a criticism, it's just hindsight being 2020. If, if the Cardinals had really invested, As far as like having baseball programs, robust baseball programs in the, in the city, it, there would be a hotbed. St. Louis would have been a hotbed of African American ballplayers because we ate, drank, and slept baseball because the Big Red wasn't that good and we wasn't really into hockey. There wasn't any NBA. So we ate, drank, And slept baseball.、Mm-hmm. And that is the honest, that's the honest to God fact. We ate, drank, and slept it, you know. And I, me and my brother, we never missed a c a r d i n g game. We couldn't, if we couldn't、uh, catch no camera, we couldn't call no FinCom cable. But we were just that dedicated. And they, it's like the Cardinals, they missed a whole generation of, 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 of possible players, you know, just like you were in the Dominican Republic. You know, when you miss a generation like that, You know, it's there and it's gone. 
you know? Yeah, it's very, very hard to get back. And I think going back to your point, if there's not representation on the team, um, you know, that, that, that risks, uh, you know, lessening interest as well. So I don't know, is it chicken for the egg? Um, but it, it certainly seems that the team is just constructed much differently than it was in the eighties. Look, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Look, the early Cardinals of the two thousands were very fun to watch because they were very, very competitive. Um, it's just different. Baseball has changed uh, Palmer. It's not, it's not so much about situational anymore. It's all or nothing, right? There, it, there's too many strikeouts. Yeah. There's too many walks. Actually, it's going to sound crazy to say there's too many home runs. And and kind of that <laughs> that style of play has just been lost, though. And and here's here's what I think. I think this is this new all or nothing, and I call it swing porn, right? You just go up there and you just swing as hard <laughs> as you can and try to angle the ball up so you can pop more home runs. And I think this trend will end, and we'll be somewhere in between. We'll be somewhere in between where a guy can come up, take like a guy like Tony Gwynn, which is one of my favorite players, because the guy, the guy faced like John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, and I can't remember, can't remember the other pitcher. He faced him like over like nine. 300 some times and he struck out three times combined against all of them, right? Where are those players at? And um, I, that's what I want to see. I want to, I want to see a guy that comes up to the plate and takes what's given to him instead of trying to yank everything over, you know, over the right or left field wall that, that comes up and hits. And, and there was one inning I remember that happened like that last year where there were two executed hit and runs in one inning and I about fell off my chair. I'm like, where the hell is this happen? Right. I've seen this for a decade, but it was awesome. <laughs> and, you, you, and you know what else what, what will probably make you fall off your seat if you saw a guy steal 50 bases now oh my god <laughs> it, and, and you know it's crazy you look at Vince Coleman's rookie season there we, we forgot to mention his name for the Cardinal in the in the 80s but you know Vince right. Coleman was one of the most exciting players of that decade I mean it was unheard of but you know, he, what he steal, like 110 uh, bases in his rookie 118, year. 118. 118, wow. You know, yeah, and I think he stole over 100 the next year, too. And so, um, you know, where is that anymore? I mean, is anybody ever going to get near that mark? Uh, even hit triple digits on a stolen base would be would be incredible. And I don't want to compare the catchers then to now because I don't know how different their arms actually were. Um, but, yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's kind of a lost art, right? Yeah, it, it, it is, and as you were talking about that, and I know uh, a few people are going to be kicking and screaming, but I'm open to the DH now uh, <laughs> in the International League, you know, because I always looked at it as it always was in the Cardinals' favor. It always favored the Cardinals when they had a DH. In my opinion, I always favored them, you know. Seems like they're in a better uh, position. Yeah, it seems like they're, yeah. they're in a, they're in a good position now. I think they got you know they had the whole outfield logjam. Well, now you've got a place for uh, Dexter Fowler uh, to possibly fill that role. You got Matt Carpenter that can fill that role, which I really like because then then you get Tommy Edmonds glove out out in the out in the field, right? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of things they can do. They can rotate that outfield, g- give guys a day off while not totally giving them a day off. They still get to hit, uh, but at least they're off their feet for the most part. And I think that I think they'll benefit a lot from it. Um, I don't know if they would have uh, necessarily dealt Jose Martinez, um, knowing that the DH if they would have known that the DH was coming. But uh, I don't yeah. I don't think they're in a bad situation. But you got to remember the division rivals are now in a good situation too because now they have a, a bat like Kyle Schwarber's who's who's pretty damn good. And I hate to say that too; it kills me. Um, <laughs> but a guy like him who's d- defensively challenged, now you put him in the DH. So they're not they're not alone, but they're in a good position, Palmer. Yeah, they are, and um, I tell you something. Jose Martinez was a guy that 
I really was expecting to uh, benefit from having more uh, at bats. And I remember, like, the season before, uh, his bat was so lively. It seemed like any time he made contact, the ball just took off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, this guy needs 500 bats. we got to put him in the lineup. we gotta, we got to play him. And then you see why, you know, you don't you put him out there every day because, you know, once those pitchers uh, made adjustments, he didn't. He couldn't yeah. hit nothing off speed. And that was just the first – that was just the most frustrating thing watching my head because just of the power – and I'm just thinking, like, they can use a bat. They haven't had that type of guy in their lineup in a long time. And, you know, I felt like Goldsmith needed some needed some help. He, he definitely needed some oh, help yeah. in the lineup. And I thought yeah. I, I thought Martinez was going to be that guy. He just, it, it, it kind of disappointed me. And, and, again, I hate as a fan you get the uh, you get the bromance for a guy. And he totally lets you down, Yeah, man. well, that, that happens a lot. And I think that's – Social media accelerates that, whereas before it, it took some time for you to warm up to a player. And and maybe I still fall into that category, but I typically don't celebrate uh, minor leaguers. I don't pop the champagne on their career success until they actually have some yeah. career success. And, and we know a lot of fans out there who just, they put portraits of these guys up before they ever start. And, and it's, you know, like, hey, look, I, everybody get excited. I, I don't want to knock anybody for getting excited. If you're excited about a player coming up because you want to see what they can do at the big league level, I get it. Just don't look at me. There, there aren't going to be party streamers and party poppers going off just because they arrived. I, I typically, like, I like to let the wine breathe a little bit, Palmer. I don't just, I've yeah. never taken a wine cork out and chugged it straight from the bottle. I like to sit it out, let it breathe for a little bit. And that's how I approach, I guess, young talent. I see so many people guzzling. Uh, and, and a lot of, for the most part, they've disappointed. So I reserve hey, myself. You my, I, hey, I want to actually get, uh, actually about, uh, Tyler O'Neill. Um, I just, I, I thought that he would be ready, mm-hmm. you know, by now. Yeah. And yeah. I, maybe, maybe again, like, you know, when he had that season where, you know, you get the 14 home runs. And, you know, I think I was just thinking, I said, well, hey, uh, you know, once once he, you know, uh, be a little bit more patient, you know, at the play, maybe cut down the strikeouts, you know, a little bit. And if this guy can hit about, you know, 265, 270, you know, this guy can probably hit you about 30 home runs, you know. And you try not to start projecting things on, you know, onto these guys and whatnot. But the, the power is, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. It's like we haven't seen that type of power that raw power from a young guy in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys like that are your cornerstones. And, you know, the Cardinals, to me, they've just been dire need of one of those guys that's, that's pool holes, really. You know? Right. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's over. He was, he's, still, he's still one of those guys I still got my eye on. And I'm, I'm glad they haven't given up on him. But the clock, I think, might be ticking on this guy, too. I think if if he if he can't pull it together at the plate or you know with the glove, uh, you know he, he he might you know have a long career in the American League as a DH. You know, yeah. Well, you know his defense is not what I I have a lot of concerns over. He's very athletic and and he's very strong, and his defense isn't so much of a concern for for me. Um, mm-hmm. Now his approach at the plate is where the clock's ticking on him. Uh, now look, Seattle gave up on him for a reason, right? Now I I don't. I don't throw a lot of kudos to Seattle's development or their evaluation of talent. I mean, there are teams that give up on guys all the time. 
you know, look, the Atlanta Braves traded Adam Wainwright to the Cardinals for J.D. Drew. So they didn't see something there, or they saw, I don't know what the hell they were looking at, but, um, you know, organizations kind of move, move, move on from people all the time, right? And, and once right. in a while this happens. So Seattle gave up on him for, for whatever reasons. Um, that phrase I threw out a little bit earlier uh, in the show here, uh, swing porn, I look at Tyler O'Neill and it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's like almost like an all or nothing you get from the guy. It's feast or famine. And I, I really think that, you know, while I, 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 lo- I love the raw power, right? But somehow you got to hone it in, right? Albert Pools is a very rare breed where he could hit for a high average plus power, you know, when he, he was at his best. And you just don't you don't find that a lot anymore. You know, it's rare. A player like Mookie Betts would fall into that category as well. Um, I, I don't know. You know, he's. I, I'd rather see somebody protecting Paul Goldschmidt that makes contact, that knows how to hit in a situation yeah. that has a little bit of power. Um, I would take that any day over somebody who has the potential of hitting thirty plus home runs but can only bat about two forty. Like I don't like that. And yeah. it's funny, Palmer, because we look at somebody who bats two eighty today, and we look at him like God, like oh my God, two eighty. Wow, what a what a percentage that is! And I know batting average is icky to the new age, uh, you know, stat heads. But look, I'll take a guy who bats three hundred and hits me eleven home runs over a guy who hits thirty home runs but bats about two thirty, two forty. That's not fun to watch. What's fun to watch is right. contact being made, action happening on the field. Not every once in a while. Oh boy, somebody's trotting around the bases again. Some fireworks are going off. No, no, no. I, I, I want to see runs produced. I want to see runs manufactured. Yeah, give me a home run every once in a while. That's awesome. Um, I just think it's it's too much of that and too little of actual baseball happening. So you look, it, your point you made earlier. It, you know, Paul Goldschmidt does need protection. They went out and got protection on two occasions for Albert Pujols. And if you had to get protection for a guy like that, you're crazy not to go out and get somebody to protect. An investment like Paul yeah. Goldschmidt, right? Now, I think they've got some options. They've got that outfield. I think Tyler O'Neill deserves one more crack at it, right? I think he does. I think he deserves to um, – it's his job to lose in left field. And I've been saying that most of the offseason. Now, ultimately, I want to see Mike Schilt, who's my neighbor out here in Charlotte. No, not literally, but he lives on their side of town. Um, uh, I want to see him put the best team that gives him the best chance to win day in, day out by the time we get into August and later. I want to see the best team out there. I don't know who that best team is yet. You know, there's Lane Thomas, who's intriguing. There's Dylan Carlson. Again, I'm not popping the cork on that one yet, Palmer. But uh, you Me know, either. he's got a lot of he's got a lot of promise, right? A lot of potential. Is he ready yet? It's the question. But I want to see the by the time we wrap it up, I want to see the best team out there day in and day out. Yeah, Damn, yeah that was absolutely. a long answer to your question, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I mean, because I mean, I I, I needed that. Because there, there, there are a whole lot of the, uh, you know, nuances that you know that I know that I may have may have missed. So you know, I'm glad we're having this conversation. It's good. For, I mean, I haven't had a conversation about baseball really in a long time, and I'm I'm glad I'm having it this morning, though, man. I appreciate it. Well, that's awesome. Hey, before we before we get off here, Palmer, let's. Uh... Uh, update us a little bit on what's happening around the network. I know there have been a lot of guests out there. A-Train's been added. I see shows being added, like uh, a couple of them every week, and it's awesome. But uh, a, a lot of things happening within the Zone Network, so get us caught up. Yeah, man. I'm just, just turning out show after show. Uh, I did uh, did an interview with uh, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, a war-winning uh, broadcaster, Kelsey Nicole Nelson from Fox uh, 1340 in D.C. She did an interview with Rob Parker. 
Um, that you can hear him on uh, with Chris Broussard uh, every day. Uh, get one Michael Lyle Jr. He's up there. Uh, WCFR uh, does news and politics up in New England territory. Uh, Holly, uh, Holly, her ego. She 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 has an amazing podcast. Uh, I got uh, Ebony from Sugar Pops. I know you like sweets, Ron. So I, I know you saw that <laughs> post with the with the sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be posting some more. I'll be posting some more goodies. So yeah, I got I got that. Some new commercials. So uh, I feel like uh, 2015 all over again, man. We back in the lab. We we, we back working. We back working. And then the A Train show too. On top of that, and then um, yeah, man. We just staying busy, man. Yeah, I hear you. I try to do that too, and especially while we're all kind of stuck at home, it's uh, at least you know the the broadcasting life for me hasn't changed too much because I'm in the same place doing the same thing, and 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 me being kind of uh, out here in in North Carolina, away from home, uh, you know, there in Central Illinois near St. Louis. Yeah. Um, for me being out here, like it hasn't really changed too much because I interact with most of you guys, uh, you know, over over a connection of somewhere, you know, in some way, shape, or form. It's over either a cell phone or over a zoom call or something else. But, um, I, I, it, what I love about this stuff, at least it brings me closer to, to home. You know, I've been out here for a long time now because of work, but, um, I do miss being nearby. And, uh, so, uh, you know, to, to, to put a period on this sentence real quick. So Palmer, there are, you mentioned it earlier and I blew right past it. Uh, I missed the exit. I'm going to go back and, and do a U-turn. I'm going to hit the exit this time. Um, 60 games, 10 of them, uh, against the division opponents, right? So you got Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, right? Ten games against yeah. those guys, that's 40. And then you've got uh, four games against the five AL Central opponents. Like, they're not going to be playing East-West teams in 2020, at least not until the playoffs. So that's 20 games against AL Central where you have Kansas City, Chicago, uh, Minnesota. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Drawing a blank. Detroit. Um, so not a very tough division, um, but it's the same for our, our division opponent. It's the same schedule for Chicago. It's the same schedule for Cincinnati. So boy, what are your feelings on a, a 60 game sprint? Cause I don't think it's going to be as easy as what some people think. No. And, and the thing is that this team can't afford to have any slow start. Uh, and, I guess the way that they played last year, uh, that's not a good recipe, you know, for 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 a sprint. And given what the AL Central, and that's the one thing, it seems like the Cardinals always get tripped up, you know, when they play the AL Central or, or teams where even though uh, for whatever reason they, they, they may struggle against other American League teams, but the matchup, they just match up better with the Cardinals mm-hmm. and the Cardinals get tripped up, you know, um, but head to head in the vision, I mean, the Cardinals should be able to to dominate. You expect them to win. They should still yeah. be able to win. You know, you expect them to win. But I think that the AL stuff, I think that might, I might, I think that might trip them up. But they just can't afford to get out to a slow start, though. They they can't, and they they have to uh, be disciplined. And Pretty much, they are in playoff mode. They pretty much got to treat this like those, those last 60 games of the season. You pretty much, it, it, as hard as it is to, you know, kind of flip that switch, you, you have to uh, take that mentality because it is a spread to the finish, the last 60 games, 
and it, it's do or die, damn near. It's damn near yeah. do or die. And that's that's one of the the, the rest of the way. Yeah, and and that's one of the strange things that I think we'll actually like about this. You know, as as weird as twenty twenty is so far, um, one of the, one of the the silver lining here is that decisions will be forced quick. There'll be no more. Let's let Matt Carpenter find himself. Uh, no, because if he doesn't <laughs> like right away, you you don't have time to. There's no time to dick around with that kind of thing, right? You you have to. They have to figure it out. And again, it'll it'll force it faster than it usually happens. That you'll have to. For, you'll be forced to put the best team out there. Um, and so. That's the silver lining to me. 2020 is just odd. At least we get some baseball back. Let's hope it. Let's hope it lasts all the way through the playoffs, and we don't have a second wave or some other reason why we have to shut down. We all have eyes on it, right? We all have that concern. Let's hope it doesn't happen, and we can get something out of 2020 for baseball, uh, and then hopefully cross our fingers we get a normal off season and a normal 2021. Uh, boy, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and. <laughs> You just made me think about something. My worst fear, my biggest, actually my biggest druthers with the Cardinals, and it drives me nuts. And I'm so glad we got to this whole thing about me going on a rant, and I, I'm not. But the <laughs> no, base running, it base running pisses me off. I hate they have the, the worst base runner. It's like, uh, you know, Matt Carpenter, any test, Listen, I don't want to hit if he can't hit a home run, then I'm I'm fine. Uh he's definitely disaster running the bases. Uh he is. He he makes me nervous. He just makes me extremely nervous. And I appreciate his service. Love what he's done with the Cardinals. Uh if if still just to figure out the right way to use him, he could still be extremely effective. As a very dangerous guy in a pinch hit situation, still can be that guy. He just has to know how to use him, and and don't put Carpenter in positions to where you know where he can be exposed. His base runner is a weakness, you know, so he got to be able to keep him protected too. So that that's that's my that's my rant. No, that's 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 a good rant, and most of us have been right there with you with him. Matt Carpenter's been he's been a good Cardinal uh, for most of his career. Um, you know, I think most of the frustration comes because he was extended and it didn't seem that there was a need to do that at the time, but it was done. It is what it is. You can't change it and he's going to be around, but you know what? This DH may, may be a good thing. And and I agree with you. Uh, You know, look, the the national league was like the last, they were like the Alamo as far as the DH goes. They were the last ones that weren't doing it. It's done. It's (laughs) it's done in high school. It's done in college. It's done throughout the minor leagues. Uh, you know, look, my opinion is I, I love the national league style of play. However, I know it's coming, and I've kind of taken on the attitude is just rip the Band-Aid off. Just get it over with. If you're going to do it, just do it, and let's go. Hey, but you know, it's still people still kicking and screaming about it. I mean, they are so mad about this. Well, you know what? If we pull those people in two or three years, they're not even going to care anymore. They're going to be used to it, and, and they won't care. And so it's like all the other changes in baseball. We're all up in arms over replay. I was all up in arms over regular interleague play. Um, back in the mid nineties uh, when it was implemented, look, I got over it in a few years because now I'm used to it now. Now it's just, it's kind of the way the game's played and I, and I don't care anymore. Um, and, and it'll be the same way with the DH in a couple of years. It won't matter. Yeah. And think about this too, with the interleague, instead of them just, 
uh, carving out, okay, this two-week block in June, this two-week block in July. They just schedule in like with everything else like they should have been doing in the first place. Yeah, they should have been. And and so you would argue that, you know, uh, and the reason they didn't do that is because there was an uneven amount of teams in the AL and the National League. There were 16-14 rather than 15-15. When they went to 15-15, then they kind of had to do that. And it was uh, throughout the year. And I agree with you. I think it would have been better. I mean, I think they were trying to stage it as a major event when they when it first happened, where they, they were going to have those week or two of strictly interleagues. Um, and, and that was fine. I guess they were trying to promote it in, in, in such a way league-wide. Uh, but now it's a regular part of the game. My only beef with interleague play still, it, it's, it's with these made-up geographical rivalries, right? Like New York, the Yankees always play the Mets. The Cardinals will always play the Royals. And I've always been in the opinion, like, if it's the National League Central's year to play the AL East, that's all they should be playing is the AL East. Let's let's have that versus the AL Central once every three years and make it a bigger deal when um, the Cardinals have to play the Royals, right? Uh, because, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a flashback to 1985 when we got ripped off. You know, we should have 12 of those trophies, but whatever. I'm not mad about that. Um, I am. Um but anyway, so I think <laughs> while my daughter is figuring out her way into the uh, into the studio here, I think that's probably a good time for us to wrap up, Palmer. But a- again, man, I uh, appreciate you getting up early on a Sunday morning and, and, and knocking this out. Joining me, it's great to talk to you. Uh, it's great to get your thoughts on baseball, too. Uh, no problem. Always, man. I got to get you on the end of the show soon, man. All right. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. All right, Palmer. Take care, buddy. That was Palmer Alexander joining us early on a Sunday morning. want to thank him one more time. You can find him on Twitter at TheLegendKIL. You can find me at T-O-R underscore Ron75. And you can find this show right here on In The Zone Network. So if you already subscribed to that podcast, you will get this one. You can also find that podcast and the Team Arrivals Weekly Show. Just look up team, at Team Arrivals Pod out there on Twitter. On your podcast app, just look up Team of Rivals Podcast. The show also has its own feed out there on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public. Just look up in the cards. That's the letter in the cards. And we will uh, be getting underway with the rest of our Sunday. And it's a special day. It's Emily's fourth birthday. That's right. The little girl turns four today. So after having three boys, I finally got my girl, and uh, she turns four. Love you so much, Emily. Everyone else, we'll talk to you next time around. Have a good weekend, and have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone.